As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott of Peloton Capital Management. He is a fiduciary advisor there serving you in Scottsdale. You can find the firm online at pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com. Of course, you're listening to this podcast, so you've probably already found it online, but that's pelotoncapital.com. You can also call the office at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your questions. And we love to be able to help you through retirement. So thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today. And Charles, thank you for joining us today as well. Thank you, Mark, for having me. This is always a good time. It's fun to chat. And hopefully we provide some insight for the people that are listening in. Yes, we do. We hope uh, we hope we're able to keep you entertained today, educate you a little bit without boring you, and we hope we don't get too carried away. Sometimes we can do that on this podcast. We'll try to stay off our soapbox today, you know. No guarantees, of course. The top of my soapbox sometimes is quite slippery. (laughs) No promises if you're listening. You never know quite where we'll go on the podcast, but we do want to educate you more about all things retirement. However, Charles, I want to kick it off by getting to know you a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. Well, that's right, Charles. It is time to get to know you a little bit better. We want to just step away from some of the financial talk. Ironic that we're doing that at the start of the podcast. But Charles, interesting question that the producers have come up with us today. If you had to name your greatest accomplishment so far in life, what would you say it is? That's really easy. Think very carefully. Your family might be listening. no, no. No, the first time I read this, I thought, oh, that's a piece of cake. And my wife read it and she said, oh, yeah, it's this answer. And it's the obvious answer. It's our kids. Oh, that's very sweet. They're great. They're spectacular. They're fabulous kids. They've always been good kids. We're pretty good parents, I have to say. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're, well, but, you know, I mean, they're grown. They're gainfully employed living in Tucson, down, you know, hour and a half from here. And, you know, when I was growing up, I always said, as I got a little older, I want to raise my kids the way my parents raised me because I thought mine were great. So that's what we tried to do. You know, I mean, my wife and I have very different personalities and we approach things from a very different perspective. Sure. But the idea is, you know, you've got to set the bar high. Your expectations have to be high. And sometimes they don't hit them. But <laughs> Most of the times they do, and they're great. They're the legacy we leave behind. I love the business that I'm in. I love being able to help people. But for us, it's really simple because we have two spectacularly interesting people as children, and they make a difference in other people's lives. What else can you do? I mean, that's the best thing ever. And and what so, do they do? What are they? How old are they? What do they do? Thirty and thirty-two. Okay. Um, one is in the tech world, although she's not tech; she's customer service in t- the tech world. And one is in the marketing for uh, medical services, hospice services in Tucson. Okay. So they're just super. I mean, they were genetically predisposed to be good kids, but they're two <laughs> years apart. And growing up, we tell people this, and nobody believes us. They never fought. They never ever fought. No sibling and they rivalry. Literally no sibling rivalries, nothing like that. They literally live right next door to each other in Tucson. So, man, that's it's cool. cool. 
It yeah. is cool. And yeah. I think it's it's cool to hear that no matter how successful in your business you are, which of course you want to be, right? That's what keeps the lights on. But family's always going to come first. And that's important. Absolutely. 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 Well, this has been Getting to Know You with Charles Scott. How about now, Charles? We move from you to the great listeners out there of this podcast and see what's on their minds this week as we dive into the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, it is time to dive into the mailbag, see what's going on with you out there, our great listeners of this podcast. Let's take a question this week from Helene. Helene lives in Chandler, and Helene asks, is it okay to have several different IRAs, or should I consolidate? I have seven accounts. Woo. Helene, all I can say is yikes. Seven accounts. I guess if that makes sense to you, then I think go for it. Stick with it. Just the question that I would ask you would you rather have things simple or would you rather have them complicated? Because in, in my opinion, sevens makes it way complicated. You get seven statements. If you consolidated them, it doesn't mean that you can't do the same kind of investments in a singular account that you have in seven. You just diversify inside one account. You get one statement. To me, simpler is better because over the years we have had lots of people coming in and I've never had anybody with, well, actually, we just have a new client coming on that has five IRAs and four trust accounts. And I said, why? And they said, eh, I don't know. I said, well, how about if you had one of each? And they went, can we do that? It's like, yeah. And said, oh, that well, makes life way simpler. I said, yeah, that's the whole point, isn't it? You don't change the investment philosophy necessarily. You just put it all in one account. Way easier way to do it. But people don't think about that. They just kind of have one here and they have one there. And at least she's asking the question, should I consolidate? And I say, congratulations for thinking about this and saying, yeah, maybe it would make my life simpler if I did it that way. But is it Occam's razor, I think is the term I'm looking for. I that was is, not expecting Occam's razor to come into this podcast. I'll say that. Well, there you go. Okay. Okay. So if I remember it correctly, it's the idea that if there's a complicated question, the simplest answer is almost always the best. And it's not a complicated question, but it's a question with a lot of variables. The simplest answer is virtually always the best. And I think that's the case here. Make it easy on yourself. Do one, you know, get one statement, not seven. Save some trees if they're coming in paper form and go with that. Sure. I'm going to actually read this just so we all know what Occam's razor actually is. I really wasn't expecting that in the podcast. A little bit of philosophy. So it states that suppose there exists two explanations for an occurrence. In this case, the simpler one is usually better. And it even says another way of saying that is the more assumptions you have to make, the more unlikely the explanation for it. So I think you're spot on. Make things easier on yourself. Consolidate. And if you need help why doing not? that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, why not? Indeed. Why not? You know, make it easier on yourself. Thank you for writing in Helene. And of course, if you would like more specific answers on how to do that, what that process looks like, you can reach out to the team by calling that number we mentioned early in the podcast. We'll give it again at the end, but it's 480 513 1830. All right, Charles, let's kind of dive into the main meat of the podcast today. We're going to get into a debate. How about that? That's fine with me. <laughs> Put on your gloves. We're in a box. No, I'm just kidding. But depending on who you ask, Charles, you could get very different answers to some of retirement planning's most important questions, right? I mean, everybody's got a different opinion, and I just want to know where you stand specifically, Charles, as an advisor on different things, on things like mutual funds, annuities, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. A lot of heated debates out there on some of these different investing products and ideas. So 
I just kind of want to learn why there's so many opinions out there on these topics. And then I also want you, of course, to give your own. That's what the podcast is for. So, Charles, to start, what would you say is better? This is a big one. Paying off debt. So that could be student loans or business or a house, et cetera, et cetera. Car debt or building up savings. What's the best first step to take? Let me take one step back and then I'll dive into this okay, okay. first, believe me. And that is, are these things right or wrong? Or is there a best or a not? There's not necessarily. And in this case, this is a great place to start. Better to pay off debt or build up savings. They're not mutually exclusive. You know, you could do both. Why not? Obviously, it's do I have enough money to be able to do both? But which is a bigger priority for me? Which one is costing me more if I'm paying interest on the debt? You know, that kind of thing. So you have to, as I look at the list of questions that we're going to have a conversation about, they're not black and white. There's always gray in between. And sometimes it's going to always depend on what you really want to do. What's your priority? What's the most important thing for you? If you're paying a higher interest on the debt than you can get on savings, then that makes sense to probably do that. But I still wouldn't go all or none in this. But that's the general question. You said something, Mark, when you were introducing this topic, and that is, you know, a lot of different people have a lot of different opinions, and it depends on who you ask. I think the other thing you have to consider when you're getting potentially divergent opinions is, do those folks that are saying that, do they have their own specific agenda? Is there a, a direction they're trying to drive you with the answer that they give you? And sometimes that's being a bit skeptical, but at the same time, I think it's a reality what you have to pay attention to. So pay off debt, build up savings, do both if you can afford to. Otherwise, choose the one that's the most important to you and work on that. Yeah, I think really the point of what we're trying to get at with all of these that we're going to go through today is what we're trying to accomplish is not necessarily to tell you what the answer is, but we want to help you make informed decisions as you think through these issues. That's why we're here. That's why we do this podcast, right? To help you think through your retirement and make wise decisions. Charles, I mentioned the debt that comes along with a house, right? A mortgage. A lot of folks argue this is good debt. It's good debt to have. So tell me what's best. Pay off the house as soon as possible or keep a mortgage as long as you can. I know folks will go either way with this. Like we just said, I know some folks say, use the mortgage, leverage it, yada, yada, yada. And then there's the Dave Ramsey approach, of course, which is pay it off as fast as you can. Get rid of that. Be done with your debt of all kind. I'd be curious to hear what you think about it. Both answers are right. And again, it's going to depend on your circumstances. What do you want to do? Your house goes up in value and your mortgage goes down. So you build equity, but the equity itself does nothing. It's inert. It doesn't earn interest. It doesn't pay debt. It's just there. And then what can you do with it if you've got it? And again, stop and think about that. You're paying off the mortgage. So every month you make a payment, the principal debt goes down. The house goes up in value. That's what we're always hoping for. And so the difference between a reducing debt and an increasing value is a growth of equity. But what do you want to use the equity for? Do you want to use the equity for anything? Do you need to have access to it? You know, and it just depends on what your goal is. So it's, again, not black or white, not right or wrong, just different points of view. And I think, Mark, in leading into this, you said something that's really important. We want to get people to think about what the options are because there's always a choice. What's the best choice for you? And the best choice for me might not be the best choice for you, but we want to explore all of those and make sure that you understand the pluses and the minuses of going whichever direction it is that you want to go. And then when you really are comfortable that, okay, I thought this really thoroughly through, I'm really comfortable with this decision, then you make that choice. And that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to work because there's not a right answer. I hate to say this, I beat this to death, but it really, really makes a difference to me is that it depends on your circumstances. 
you know, you mentioned Dave and a huge amount of what he talks about is absolutely very, very valuable for a lot of people. But he and other folks like him, and I think I've said this in past podcasts, they have a tendency to talk in absolutes. Everybody should do this. Well, no, not everybody should. Maybe most people should, but it's going to depend on the unique, specific circumstances of everybody's situation. So, yeah, if that's hedging my answer, that's the reality of the way my brain works. So that's sure. my take on mortgage. Debt. And it's your could opinion good, as well. Could be bad. Yes. Oh, that's absolutely my opinion. I mean, if people don't know already, I'm gigantically opinionated. So <laughs> Nothing if I'm not opinionated, because right? Because I've done this for a while and you don't have to be right all the time. You have to help people make good choices, make right choices for them. You most certainly do. After all, it is most important to figure out what is the right choice for you and your unique situation. I think that's something we talk all the time about ad nauseum on this podcast is that it's really all about you and your unique situation. There is no one size fits all approach to planning for retirement. It's all about your custom needs and your goals. And that's what we want to help you address. And so on this podcast, we kind of dive into some of those ideas, but it's really coming into the office where you can really kind of dig into the nitty gritty of your financial situation. But we must press on on the podcast today, Charles. A couple other things I want to kind of get your thoughts on. Mutual funds and annuities. I mentioned those at the beginning. Those are two financial products that have all sorts of stigmas and opinions attached to them. I realize that you can't possibly answer this completely in just a couple of minutes, but do you think these are very generally good or bad products? If you're looking at just, and I'm going to lump them together, although they're kind of not lumpable, but for sake of brevity. Here, <laughs> for sake of not being here for an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you're looking at conceptually, are mutual funds a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. They're a good idea. If you're looking at are annuities a good idea? Yeah, they're a good idea in the right circumstances for the right people for the right reasons. Some of the questions that have come in today, you know, in the last couple of podcasts, these are the themes that we talk about with folks all the time. You know, it's specific to you. It depends on what you want to try to accomplish. Are there good mutual funds and bad mutual funds? Oh my gosh, yes. Are there good annuities and bad annuities? Oh yeah, absolutely. And something that's good for, you know, this client won't be good for that client because they're looking to accomplish different things. And so that's why you have to have a sense of, you know, what fits, not just, you know, should I wear shoes or should I not wear shoes? Well, let's find a shoe that's the right size. That's the style that you want that makes you look better and feel good. But it's not an all or none approach to shoes or no shoes. It's the same thing with funds and annuities. Yeah, I think that's where it's important just to, again, reiterate, there's no one size fits all approach. Certain annuities are going to work, certain aren't. Mutual funds are tools. They're just that. I think anytime you get into an investing product, you have to remember that it's a tool. And like everything, you can't use a hammer on everything, right? Not every, not everything's a nail and not every situation calls for a hammer. And so it's about finding the right tool for you. Charles, to wrap up the podcast today, I want to get your thoughts on gold. Basically, should you own it or should you not? Gold is fascinating. Gold is just charged with emotion from people. And I have a tendency to really believe that it's the iron pyrite of investments. And if you don't know what iron pyrite is, that's called fool's gold. There are times to own gold because it's going up. There are times not to own gold because it's going down in value. And other than that, if you stick an emotion, attach it to it, then it makes no sense at all as an investment because it's not an investment. It's an emotional thing. My experience is you rarely, rarely do well investing emotionally. You need to be very logical. You need to be very blunt about it. I want to own gold if it's going up. I want to not own gold if it's going down. And right now, you know, it peaked 
Lately, the last few years, it peaked in 2011, 2012 at about $1,750 an ounce. It's now down to about $1,120 an ounce. It's done that for the last, you know, since this is called the beginning of 2012. Over the last six years, it's down 36 or 37%. Not a good time to own it. You know, and yet people can't let go of it because they've got this emotional attachment to it and it's a store of value and the government will confiscate it and all this other crap, candidly. It's an investment, period. It doesn't do anything other than either go up or down in value. And so if you think of it as anything other than just that, it doesn't pay dividends, it doesn't earn interest for you, it's just either worth more or less today than it was when you bought it. I want to own it when it's going up. I don't want to own it when it's going down. So I have no emotional attachment to gold whatsoever. And I don't think most people should, but they do. And I accept that. They just need to understand what they've got. So, you know, gold, fascinating. It's really pretty. And if you've never held a, an ounce of gold in your hand as a coin, it's got this very, very tangible, intrinsic feel to it. It's kind of cool in that respect, but it's only really cool in my mind as an investment advisor if it's going up. It's not cool if it's going down in price. <laughs> that's not a golden rule. That's just my opinion of the deal. I see what you did there, Charles. Well, uh, thank you certainly for weighing your opinions today. Again, these are situations that we've discussed that have all sorts of opinions. I mean, they're charged issues, right? That's why we joked that it was a debate at the beginning. But we thank you for providing your input. And we also stress the importance of getting advice that's tailored to your situation. If you're in any of these scenarios, considering these products, considering gold, annuities, mutual funds, trying to decide what to do about paying off your house. I know that for pre-retirees is a big thing. Talking about paying off debt, maybe it's their kid's college debt or other outstanding debt on vehicles versus trying to save aggressively. I know that's big. Again, you're in your peak earning years heading into retirement, and so you want to save well. And so there's a lot of issues that you face and that you're going to have to find custom answers to for your situation. Charles and the team would love to help you think through that. If you'd like, you can give him a call at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. Charles, as always, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Mark, it's always a scintillating conversation with you, and it's always fun to do. So thank you. Charles, thank you. Thank you for your input. Thank you for engaging in the debate. You never know where these podcasts will take you, but we always enjoy having you on board with us. Join us again next time for another edition of Financial Choices Matter. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.